right. Well, I guess we should start the podcast since we've been just fucking around stuff. I hit record a little bit ago. I don't know when I'm going to start it, but we're going 14 minutes. That's all right. You can start whenever. We uh, we already did the talk about our day day slash week. I was kind of like coming up with categories and stuff to talk about to kind of get into this. But uh, I do want to play a little game before we start talking about uh, The Eternals, which is our movie of the week. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to talk a little bit about a game that I've been playing. But I want you to try to guess the game that I just recently finished based on the description that I give you and see if everybody else okay. can guess too. Alright, so it's a game where you travel in space with a group of people, you stop a crazy religious cult, and your squad has a furry little friend. Oh, it's based off a series owned by Disney. Star Wars? <laughs> That's why when I wrote down this description, it's the whole reason I I just chose to pick this game because I knew the pick would be Star Wars. So I recently just beat the Guardians of the Galaxy game and discovered that that game is just Star Wars, a, a cooler Star Wars, but it's just Star Wars. Oh right, yeah. No, I I remember watching your stream and I'm like, this reminds me a lot of Fallen Order. Yeah. Oh, easily, easily they 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 took so much from Fallen Order. But uh, I just wanted to talk a little bit about it just because of the fact that we're going into Marvel here and I just beat it last night. Please do. And it is probably some of the most well-written game I've had in a long time where the characters in this game just feel natural. They feel like a group of friends talking to each other the whole time. I know when you hopped in the stream, you thought that Star-Lord sounded a little annoying, like his voice sounded off, but like... You kind of get used like to that. Dude. Yeah, you kind of get used to that. And he's is what I said. definitely a surfer dude, even though he's from Missouri, which is kind of funny. He's definitely still in that like <laughs> hard rock 70s from when, or 80s when he got kidnapped. I can't remember what year he gets kidnapped, but he definitely like still keep like acts like he's from the 80s even now in space, probably like well into the like. 2020s no it's just everybody feels like just genuine friends in the way they talk to each other there's a there's a scene in it where uh gamora is talking about how she's like she's an assassin that no one will ever love her like that everybody will just see her as a killer and no one will ever accept her not even the friends she's made now and like there's a long pause and rocket kind of shoves it off like you're dumb. Like, of course we love you. And then Quill's like, you know what I just heard there? Gamora loves us. She loves us. And like, they start teasing her about it, even though she just had this super surreal moment about how she's like a trained assassin and has killed like hundreds of people. It's like, they just start teasing her. And it's like, just sitting there, like listening to this. I was like, like the characters, the voice actors, they had such good chemistry. Like it just felt so natural. And that's all I wanted to talk about with that game. It's probably the I'm, most well-written game I've ever played. I'm glad you brought up that sort of topic because that was actually one of the things I was going to talk about, about Eternal. So I have that in my notes as well, which is one of the reasons I added this to the, like to the podcast topic. So we can get into that. Um, we're talking about the Eternals movie. Um, let me bring up the IMDb page. I will say who the director is. But we will introduce. No, it no. is Chloe. How do you say that? Shao? Show? Uh, how does how is it spelled? Uh, Z H A O. He's Zhao. a Chinese film. So uh, Zhao or Shao? Yeah. Did you never watch Avatar: The Last Airbender? Admiral Zhao. Admiral Zhao. Oh, you're absolutely right. So Chloe Zhao is the director. 
Um, it is written by, it was two guys, Patrick Burley and Ryan Erpo. Uh, stars of the movie were, you've got Gemma Chan, Richard Madden, Angelina Jolie, Selma Hayek, Kit Harrington. All right, I got this. Camille Nanjiani, nailed that one. Practiced that one last night, the whole time. (laughs) Uh, Leah McHugh, Brian Trey, I don't even know how to... I'm going to guess that's Trey Henry, Brian Trey Henry, Lauren Ridloff, and uh, Barry Cohan. Tyree Henry. And then uh, Tyree Henry. Uh, Ma Dong Siok, or Siok, however you say that. Gilgamesh. Okay, I got through that. Hopefully, movies in the future, we don't have such a like star studded cast because that's what this movie was. It was like, how many stars can we show in your face at one go? Did you name the most important character of all? Oh, we're talking about Harish Patel. Yeah. There go. <laughs> He's the real hero. The real hero. The the human character who's sitting here like, you know what? I, I kind of feel like you guys should save Earth. I, I do like that idea. The fact that there's this 50-year-old human guy who's like, I got nothing better to do today, so like, I'll just chill with you the whole time. And I mean, he, relatively speaking, he's the baby of the group. But how, how, like, yeah, relative, yeah, considering everybody else is like in the upper thousands, um, how scared do you think? I'm skipping ahead here, but how scared do you think he was when the uh, when Kingo pieces out? Because he's, I'll get to that, like Kingo's decision, because I completely support it. But when Kingo pieces out. And a hair and uh and how do you say it? Karin, Karun, Karun, Karun just follows him out because he's like, "Well, you're my boss, uh-uh, and I'll follow you." Like, and he's like, "Let's go." He follows him out. Like, you've got to sit there and be like, "Kinda hope Cersei and those guys stop the planet from being destroyed because kind of don't want to oh, die yeah, right absolutely. now." <laughs> so, but you gotta go along your day to day life and like follow this guy around hoping to god you don't die you're like oh please 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 i gotta say also with that scene in uh particular my favorite part was the fact that i think it was hindi he spoke in hindi um despite having spoken the entire time in english to all of them they all do they all they hop uh, around so much i love it yeah the fact that they all like he he recognized that they would understand him um but this is this movie is the definition of diversity done right. Oh yeah. Oh, pr- like, completely. So so many um, different, um, uh, you know. Uh, what am I trying to say? So many different races. I guess I don't know. That's what I want to say. But uh, ethnicities. Like the fact that they that this deaf actress, um, amazing. Uh, and the fact that everybody was the the chemistry is what I'm getting at. Oh my god, it's amazing. I don't think they this, have her I listed. I love it so much more than any of the movies that the Avengers are in. I don't care. Uh, that's a bold, that's bold one right there, because I'll get to how this movie is, like, it has its ups and downs for me as, like, I, I like it. Trust me. I like It's a Marvel film. It's hard to hate. There's only a couple that I hate and, like, can't watch. And this one, I could, I, I've sat through it twice now in the last 24 hours, so I easily could watch it. But uh, I will say there are, there's a lot of, like, origin story nonsense where I'm just like, 
Can we get can we get to it? Like I want to see now what happens after the Eternals. Like it, I want to see Eternals two now that I understand like where they come from more than I wanted to oh, see yeah. Eternals because I'm like okay now I I get it. Let's get to like the good stuff. Like what what's what are you guys all about now? Like where do you go from here? But uh, some fun facts about the movie. I wrote these down. Uh, this movie was completely shot on location. Like, every place they went to, they traveled to go shoot it. Which I got to imagine during the pandemic had to be the biggest pain in the ass. Yeah, but also I can say, I mean, yeah, there were some scenes like in the, the museum or whatever, uh, or on the street on the bridge. But a lot of the locations were actually um, isolated. Yeah, I didn't like notice the that. the beach and um, the forest. See, I don't know if they went and sh- if they went and shot in yeah, like in the outback and all that. I don't know if they went and shot in mm-hmm. a- in the Amazon for um what's his name Druig for his whole part for his cult that he had in the Amazon. Yeah. I don't know if they went and shot because I kind of feel like that'd be a little dangerous just with like disease and stuff that's out in the Amazon. Like you're putting a lot of people for like a it had to be like a couple weeks of up to a month of shooting, put a lot of people's lives at risk. Yeah, but um, I don't, I don't think the trees match what the Amazon would actually. Yeah, like, so, so that one I don't know for sure. But you could definitely tell with certain scenes when they would flash back to like Babylon and all that, like everywhere, um, and like kind of going through Cersei's and Icarus's like love life before everything. And they would like hop all around. You could definitely tell these places were shot on location, just because it looked a lot more natural than like a CG background would look or like of set design. Absolutely. And I kind of li- I I like that. I I loved it a lot actually, because I was like, oh wow, it looks like they're really there. And then to find out, I was like, oh, they really were. I I actually noticed that the fact that um, I, what was her name? Uh, Cersei when she was on the beach. Um, the just her hair the the fact that it was so clear it didn't look like there was any green screen it looked like it had to have been shot on location against that sky on that location it's kind of funny too because they didn't even set up for like pretty backgrounds like you know like they didn't wait for like a really nice day on the beach they were just like okay we're gonna go film this right now no matter what it looks like outside because there's definitely some scenes on the beach too where it's like grainy and dark and like gray like cloudy skies and stuff and you're like okay they're, they're definitely on location here, but it looks like crap. But it also looks like way more natural than anything I've ever seen in like a long time, especially from a Marvel film. <laughs> that reminds me of um, in Lord of the Rings. Um, uh, they were shooting a scene outside in the forest and in the behind the scenes. There's a, a scene where Peter Jackson is like, we're waiting for the cloud. Waiting for the cloud, just waiting for that the scene to actually brighten back up. That's yeah. so definitely one that of that has to be the biggest pain. For, yeah, filming on location is waiting on the sun. You're like, I hope the sun sun doesn't mess like doesn't mess this whole thing up, or a cloud doesn't mess this whole shot up. And oh look, it did. Next fun fact okay. I have was uh, Kingo uh, Camille Nanjiani. I just need to say it one more time because I practiced so much. Um. He was uh, actually tricked into that dance sequence. He told the directors and the writers he couldn't dance. And so they told him, they they wrote in the uh, actual play, in the uh, screenwrite for it, that um, it was going to be a fight sequence. And when he arrived there, they had set up this whole Bollywood scene for him. And he had to, like, <laughs> learn it on the fly and dance. And I guess he took it pretty oh well, God, but I would have been so pissed. Oh, uh, I, me too. But I got to say, he did exceptional. Oh, yeah. I That, that whole choreo- the 
the choreography for that scene was phenomenal. Also, can I say, I'm looking at this IMDb cast, I'm a little annoyed that Kit Harrington is a build before a lot of these people, because he's he is going to play a big part in the second one, but he is not, like, mm-hmm. as big as name as Camille Nanjiani. Like, Camille Nanjiani's been nominated for, like, multiple... He's been... I think he's been nominated for Best Actor, or be, at least Best Picture with, um... I can't remember, what is that name of that movie? It's probably going to be his top one. Uh, Big Sick. But he's been in so much, and he's even been in a hit M- uh, HBO show as well so like I feel like he should definitely be above Kit Harrington. yeah I must say looking at this list I didn't realize he had a name but the deviant I guess is named crow and I didn't know this but he was played by Bill Scars I should, I see that now and I kind of I kind of see it in his face I'll get to that deviant here when yeah. we get to like actual talking about it because there's a big thing that I don't know if you know this but I did some googling afterwards because I sent you a text and we'll talk about it here in a second it probably might be the first oh, yeah, thing no, we I think talk I about came across the same thing you did but uh, I have one last thing to talk about is that the Eternals was written before Infinity War and Endgame had like officially come out. So the writers were completely spoiled on the big reveals of both those <laughs> movies while they were writing this this movie. <laughs> Oh no, that you, suck. Could you imagine being a Marvel fan? Especially like, yeah, because you, you need to be a Marvel fan too to like really do these movies well. Like you need to be involved in that universe and then to find out what it was before actually getting to see it on the big screen. Like, Yeah, ugh. I would say in terms of writing, you definitely have to be a part of it and know it well. But, oh yeah. Uh, the actor who played Karun, he had, he'd never seen any of the Marvel movies beforehand. He was getting so much positive feedback from all the fans um, that he... Had, he got an interview and he revealed that he had never actually seen any of the Marvel films. That's before. crazy. Uh, that's actually crazy to like go through that and not like even go watch one. But that's also awesome. Let's just get to the big thing that I sent you in text this morning while I watched the second time where Thanos is up there now as like Killmonger level villain where he was completely right and you can't convince me otherwise thanos is a good guy he might have gone about it like a bad like not communicating well enough but i'm completely convinced if you would have given the avengers the same scenario that he was like doomed to know or the same knowledge he was doomed to know they would have come up with the same like they would have been split on the same idea because thanos thanos knows yeah oh yeah okay well we can preface this by saying that at the very end of this movie you find out that Thanos' brother is an Eternal. And I did some Google research and finding out that Thanos is half deviant, half eternal. So he knew about the Which plan. Is why he looks like a purple fucker. Why yeah, why he looks like uh what did we say his name was? Crow? Is that what his name was? Um Yeah, yeah. So he looks like Thanos. Uh, like if he would probably would have absorbed like one more, he would have been like at that level. So I'm sure Thanos was originally a, a, a eternal that was like taken over by a deviant or got absorbed by a deviant and then became like this all like all like knowing superpower like super how do you want to say it? They're not superheroes, they're like robot hybrids. Yeah. But uh, uh he I, I, you can go. Uh, I think I'm trying to remember what I saw. It was either that I don't know if he was absorbed. Maybe he was like one of the earlier attempts at making um, an eternal, and he, it still had some of the traits of a deviant. Okay. So it was like maybe a transition between the deviants and um, the the eternals we know. But he definitely did have that evolving thing, which yeah. is why he looked different. Yeah, he looked from like Harry then, Styles. Yeah, than Harry Styles. <laughs> when Harry Styles is like I'm brother of, or when he gets introduced. 
introduces brother of Thanos, and you're kind of like, I know, I think you're missing something. It's got to be a half brother, right? Half brother of Thanos. Yeah, and then you then you find out that Harry Styles is in fact an Eternal. So yeah. then it, it becomes more clear because yeah. we just watched a whole bunch of Eternals, completely unrelated, but a full family. Yeah, right. And you're kind of like, okay, yeah, yeah. So yeah. So and and even God, I, what is the name of the uh, Celestial? Erishem. Uh, Erishem, the, the one that was coming out. That yeah. Was, uh, Tiamat. Tiamat. Yeah. Tiamat was the one coming out. Erishem was the one that was sending the Eternals all over the uh, all over the galaxy. And mm-hmm. um, he even says that he sent like multiple teams across like hundreds of planets, or th- I mean thousands. I don't know, probably up to the millions of planets. He sent like a bunch of teams that way. So there's no way that like Harry or uh, Harry Styles and Thanos, I, I can't remember. Oh, Eros and Thanos um, didn't end up on like the same exact, like in the same planet trying to like solve the same problem that these Eternals are trying mm-hmm. to solve like way later. Thanos just figured it out, knew what he had to do to save the entire universe, the, the, the all of existence. He was like, the only way to stop these Celestials is to split the population in half. It's that line from Endgame. Uh, I think it was Endgame, where he said, you're not the only one cursed with knowledge. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And no, that's exactly what he vi- says. It's, it's, that's, it's Infinity War. He says it to... Um, he says it because... Uh, uh, Stark. Stark. Stark tries to tell him that, like... He's like he know like he's known about Thanos all this all this time, and Thanos looks and says that line that doesn't really make sense because you're like, what does Thanos know that no one else knows? And you find out it's this. I don't think you've said it, but at least in the video I saw, it, it's because a celestial emerged from Titan and yeah. destroyed his. Okay, so I don't I I didn't I didn't know if that was like a hundred percent confirmed, but it makes sense because. He does talk about how like his planet was completely destroyed, and mm-hmm. so that that made the most sense. That like so, oh, I guess we didn't even preference like or tell anybody or explain it that um, celestials are born from what was it knowledgeable life forms. Uh, it's it's either technology, or so like the the quantity maybe. Oh, it's um, Jesus, it is uh, a a high quantity of um what is it intelligent beings i yeah, guess yeah intelligent beings and and so, uh it, it it can't just be like a, a dog a world of dogs yeah so i was thinking like, like the dinosaurs weren't enough to do it but uh ajax they, even says that the the snap slowed it down and then the, the avengers brought it back and, and yeah. then that fucked everything up again yeah good job avengers you're the, you're the villains i was watching um hawkeye and without spoiling that, there's a scene um, where uh, Clint goes to the bathroom and uh, graffitied on one of the urinals is Thanos was right. <laughs> he, was kind of nice. <laughs> he was. He was right. That's too good. I, lo- I love that because it's like. I'm not, I'm, I'm not justifying his means. I'm just saying he yeah. had he, he he had intentions. Yeah. He had intentions. Maybe. And- eh. But, but like, the Avengers couldn't even figure out if half of them wanted to register with the government or not without going into a full-on civil war. You can't tell me if yeah. if somebody, if, if one of the Eternals found out, like, Cersei finds out when everyone's still alive, and they go up to um, Tony Stark before Thanos even arrives, and they're like, hey, just so you know, like, this celestial being is going to... Uh, 
pop out like probably this year and it's because that there's too much population on the earth and thanos comes and says i'm about to split the world in half like the population in half all across the universe that half the avengers wouldn't join thanos right then and there as some weird like explaining it in their own head saying oh yeah that's, this totally makes sense we should totally do this yeah i don't know i, I <laughs> don't know what i want okay i'm not gonna say anything <laughs> oh you said okay and then i was like i was expecting some long monologue and then it went dead quiet i was like oh i think i lost him Oh, no, I was going to go in a long monologue, and then I decided it'd You're, be better if I didn't. Just calmed yourself down? <laughs> okay, yeah. we can I, get I, it. I took a breath. We can get it. All right, so we talked about the biggest thing first. Um, what, what, what else do I have? Oh, my my favorite one is on the rewatch, and I noticed it the first time I watched. Um, you Did you watch it today? Let me uh, say that I watched it uh, the day after it came out, I think. And then I've been watching as everyone else has been watching it. I've been watching their reactions. And then, so I watched a, a reaction to it today. And then I watched it myself in full today. So I, it's very fresh in okay. my mind this whole week. So the dad in the beginning of the movie, when the deviant pops out of the water, has no reaction. He just looks at his son and oh. goes, run. <laughs> and then he dies. He's like, I, I'm, I'm fucked. It's, it's over. Run. Don't care about me. I'm already dead. There's no way his kid heard him either because he just goes, run. <laughs> and I was like, dude, do something. Like, wave your kid back. Like, go, 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 go. And then five seconds later, the, the Eternals show up. Yeah, the Eternals show. Yeah, and they show up way too late. Icarus is over there. Who, by the way, great, great play on Superman. Just a great Superman reference to, like, to lording above okay. everybody, to the laser eye beam rage and all that. Like, just great Superman references the whole way through. Now, I need to talk about this real quick. Did, excuse me. Do you think Marvel had to pay a crap ton to talk about Alfred, Batman, and Superman um, in this movie? And I, acknowledging the fact that they exist in this universe, are we led to believe then that comics? maybe indirectly Icarus inspired the creation of Superman? Uh, easily, yes. Icarus probably is the reason Superman exists in this universe. I will say, I think Marvel and DC have like a, like, hey, you can make jokes, I can make jokes, because I'm pretty sure in Shazam, they make a lot of Spider-Man jokes. And I thought that was weird when I was watching that movie. Do they? Yeah, I'm pretty sure the kids reference Spider-Man. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the kids reference, like, a Marvel superhero. Or I feel like this is not the first time this has happened in a Marvel movie. I could be wrong, but I do like okay. not. But I, I but I will say a lot more this time. Yeah, well, it's because uh, Icarus is over there floating exactly like Superman in like Man of Steel and in uh, Batman vs Superman, especially when he goes evil. The it's even more like, oh my god, you're Superman. <laughs> the most super. Okay, here actually. Okay. Uh I I need to find a couple gifts to show you uh where I think he looked the most like um Superman. So give me a second to find those. But uh here I'll riff for a little bit because I will say his death where he just flies into the sun is like one mm -hmm. obviously he's called Icarus. Icarus flies too close to the sun. Everyone knows the myth. It's like okay, that makes sense. But the fact that like 
if since he is such a strong Superman reference and is like Marvel's version of Superman at this point, the fact that he just like floats off like straight into Superman's power source was such a perfect send off for that character. It was like, okay, that makes oh, the yeah. most sense. And I loved every second of that. Well, I don't like Superman character, like okay. Superman character types. So like the fact that he killed himself off, I was like, oh, thank God. So I don't think I'll be able to find it in time, but um, I think um, it's probably when we first see Icarus in present day after he saves um, Sprite and uh, Cersei. What's her name? Cersei. Yeah, Sprite and Cersei. Uh, I think he like dodges the Deviant just by like swaying to the side and just gently getting out of the way and it's a very similar move that superman makes in i th- it's either the man of steel movie uh or one of the, like the batman v superman where he dodges uh like a train or he just gently gets to the side so this, yeah like, the side no steps him. it's like a hundred percent the exact same movement oh yeah he he definitely like, like his whole silhouette channeled they definitely channeled like directing him and like probably told him to like get references from watching like Man of Steel and uh Batman vs Superman. Like the two scenes that stick out in my head, and I kinda already said this, is when he lords above especially Oh, it's when the sun's behind him and he's a shadow figure up in and the sky everyone and everyone everyone is just staring at awe at, at him it's like okay there's the god complex right there but when uh he kills ajax well inadvertently kills ajax i guess like threw her to her doom and it carries her body back and just rages out with eye beams i was like okay that's a very superman move right there too yeah now okay i gotta bring up because you you talked about that scene there's been a lot of uh, pose scenes, like the whole the ensemble is just posing for everybody. Yeah. Like in Meso- in Mesopotamia, um, before they attack the deviant, after they attack the deviant, and then also like after they save Babylon. But because of that pose, the fact that they do the pose, and it was it was only like a few seconds after the dad died that Icarus stopped the deviant from attacking the kid that all the other Eternals are there standing on the hill. Do you, could they have saved the dad? Oh, easily, easily, easily. It's for a camera pose. Yeah. It's like, it's a second. It, and, and you got to imagine this man is like, is so fast. Cause you see him come at like things like faster than a speeding bullet. Like he, he can travel very fast flying. Yeah. And there's no reason he couldn't have saved the dad one second before he gets eaten. And you're like, why? Why did you not step in earlier? I could have a dad. Instead, this kid's now got to survive on his own. It's just so I, unfortunate. I thought that the whole time I was watching. I thought that was hilarious because I was like. <laughs> but, uh, okay, so we talked about the, we've, we've We're jumping all over the place. We've talked about our big things with it. Um. Any scenes that stick out in your mind that you liked a lot? Because I have a couple other ones, but I feel like I've been taking over. Let me go through my notes real quick. I will say... Okay, you can go. Oh, okay. I will say, we talked about the representation in this in this uh, movie, and I do love it, and I, I hope there's more, and I hope they like learn from this, of just making it so natural and everything. But um, 
Why would you make a deaf robot? <laughs> I lost Sean. <laughs> now I'm thinking. <laughs> trying to, trying to come gonna up. Justify this. You gonna justify it? Because I sat here thinking you're an all you're an all powerful being, controller of the world, the universe. You're 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 the 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 thing. You're essentially God. You make your own superheroes. That's how strong you are. And you're like, this one shall be deaf. And I'm like. Wait, why is she deaf? I want to say it has something to do with her speed, but I got nothing. You know, I, I kind of tried to justify that in my head, too, um, because there is a character um, in the Inhumans, which is another Marvel um, thing. It's either Inhumans or Immortals. I can't remember what it's called. Uh, called Black Bolt. And he is deaf in the fact that he can't talk. So he has to communicate, like, with sign language. Because if he speaks... He speaks so loud that it shatters everyone around him, his eardrum, their eardrums. So he can't actually talk. He has to communicate through sign language. Okay, I could see that. So in my head, I was trying to justify why, um, who, what is this character? What was her name? Um, I think it starts with an M. Uh, Makari. Makari. Um, why Makari was deaf, and I thought that maybe she was traveling so fast that her eardrums kept shattering. Oh. Something like yeah, that. That's, so, that's a good... But, but also she could hear the vibe. Yeah. So it was like, you're, I don't know. I mean, in the end of the day, it's a superhero movie, and like it can't all be perfect. I just thought that was a funny point. But did you have a scene you wanted to talk about? Yeah. Um, one, towards the beginning, um, it's after they, uh, they being um, Sprite, Cersei, uh, what's his name? Dave? Dane. Uh, Kid Harrington, Dane. <laughs> uh, Dane and uh, Icarus. After they've stopped the Deviant and they're like back at an apartment. Actually, I don't think Dane's there. Um, but anyway, there, there's, it cuts to a close-up where Sprite, pulls up that dagger in front of her face and looks looks at it and studies it. And I like that that was foreshadowing the fact that she was going to use that to stab right. uh, Cersei in the back. See, and, okay, so I thought the love relationship between um, her and Icarus was kind of weird. Even so fact that, like, uh, Kingo references it to, um, what do you call it, Peter Pan? And said that Sprite mm -hmm. was, and it was like, okay, that makes sense, because Wendy is, like, the leader, kind of, but Peter Pan is the boy that can fly, an actual, like, main character of the story, and Tinkerbell is the, and he said, like, Tinkerbell's in love with Peter, and I said, I never got that vibe from Peter Pan, but alright, Kingo, maybe I'm watching the wrong because <laughs> I was like, what is a fairy? But I, I guess I was the only one because I talked about it with Allie and she even says like, oh yeah, she's clearly in love with Peter. And I was like, what? No, I think it's a known fact. Yeah, I, yeah, I guess I just never picked that up as, as a, when I was a kid. I was definitely in the wrong there. I will say that I, the first watch through, I didn't uh, see the love between um, Sprite and Icarus. But as I watched it uh, the second time, it was, I think it was pretty clear. Um, she was super excited when he came back. Um, she was always trying to get his opinion on everything. She, she, she just really wanted to be around him. I think even when she so told I, stories, she I think talked she about was Icarus. Showing it, showing it. 
Yeah, I think even in like, and I I don't know if this is my second time watching that I picked up on this, but I want to say like a lot of her stories that she told, like with like her like illusion magic to the people, like it was about Icarus and like Icarus saving the day. Like I I, I kind of picked up on it definitely in the second watch versus the first watch. Uh, who is your favorite out of all the uh, Eternals? Out of all the Eternals? Yeah. Oh my god, I can't believe we haven't freaking talked. I know, about right? It. There's so many characters we haven't talked about it. Athena is the, the most badass. Yes. Athena is God. very cool. The way she chops up that guy in the I end, mean, too, in the cave. Oh, so good. It's so good. It's but so good. She has magnificent weapons. She's got these amazing acrobatic skills. I would love to make um, her spear. I, I got to get me some uh, like LED filament. Yeah, that, that would actually yeah be pretty easy to make. Clear. Yeah, off some clear plastic and just have that glow off yeah. of it. But uh, that's funny she, that you I say Athena because because so my favorite is Gilgamesh because I love the idea of just like one punching everything that moves and like oh just just his hits. His hits are so anime. Like, one, he one-punches, which is an anime. Two, like, he does that ground pound multiple times, which is, like, a reference to multiple... Yeah, multiple animes. And, like, just watching him, it's like, you're an anime character through and through. Like, like, there's no... 100%. Yeah. And and I and every time he like fought, I was like, and both her, him, and Thena, their movements together, even when they're fighting each other, is like so fluid and so nice, and it's like, oh, that just looks, that just looks great. I think it's um, it's either the first or second time we see him do that whole uh, bitch slap move, but like he knocks Thena the fuck out onto the ground by slapping her yeah. the first time that uh, she gets the. The mind weary. weary. Mind weary. That was, that was, yeah. He is the funniest thing ever. She was gets knocked great. out cold. Oh, uh, we, we, we're, we're running a little low on time, but uh, a couple more things. We'll get, we'll get to the end credit scenes here. Cause I do want to go into those a little mm-hmm. bit, but, um, I think, uh, the character choices uh, that was made by a lot of, a lot of them was like, I, I found all of them acceptable besides like Icarus, going on his murder sprees but uh even even that like he had he worshipped the celestials and like i can't even blame him for that but like kingo not being like willing to kill or fight his family but still supporting the idea of like we can't stop these universes from being made like who are we to play god all the way to like even though he's painted as the bad guy not through the middle part but druig him like watching humanity crumble and be super violent and knowing that like he can do something to save it and him being yeah. like I'm I'm gonna do it like you can't stop me and going off like it's like totally acceptable. So that that brings up a point. When I was watching everybody's reactions, and uh, there was some that loved it, there were some that uh, reflected a lot of what the reviews that I was seeing that came out at the time this movie came out people felt like it was too long and that there were too many characters but i felt like there was just enough time and everybody got just enough screen time that everybody's decision making made sense for their character oh yeah we we had enough time with the characters to understand them so i think most people are just lazy because i think this film 
did an excellent job in showing who these characters are. Oh yeah, no, it did. Uh, origin stories are always going to be long too, versus like just like the sequel will probably be like thirty minutes shorter. But even yeah. uh, Fastos, who we haven't talked about, but even his. His decision to like leave humanity behind, but then like fall in love and start a family, and like and that being his driving force, like com- made complete sense to me. I was like, oh okay, he's seen yeah. the worst, and then he like and then he falls out of it because he's stuck on Earth, so he's gonna see the best in humanity through his family. He also shops at IKEA. He does. I I knew the IKEA reference was coming as soon as he was like, "What is this table made of? Vibranium?" And he punches it. I was like, "It's gonna be IKEA." And then he breaks it. And the guy goes, "It's the Fall Collection from IKEA." And I was like, "There it is, IKEA reference right there." Um, uh, I think something spe- also funny about Fastus is um, he's the one who's in charge of putting together all of these um, technologies. So introducing everybody to the new technology, mm-hmm. but the first person to actually do that uh, on earth was actually Cersei when she gave the metal knife. Oh yeah. Yeah. She gave him kid. a gold knife. I thought I was <laughs> yeah. expecting if anybody was going to do that, it would have been fastest. Yeah. That, that was crazy too. Cause he can create, but like, I guess Cersei helps him create too as well. Like he comes up with, he's like the engineer, and she can create the materials. It's not quite clear clear know, how they uh, all like make their stuff. Yeah, but even he was able to I form mean, those Fast, like Fastus that. Did he did bowl like the those those rings? Yeah, like, he made those on the fly. Um, one thing I was gonna talk about, and it's something I did. I will say I do, I got this from TikTok before I even saw the movie, and I thought there's no way that's true. There is a scene <laughs> when they're fighting Icarus on the beach. And the deviant comes out and just straight up gut punches Icarus. And Theta comes up to the deviant and says, why are you helping Icarus? And even I was like, if I was Icarus, I'd be like, helping me? He just punched me in the face. You watched it. Okay, I just I just watched that back. I know what you're talking about, and that's not what happened. Okay. What happened was uh, Icarus got punched by the deviant, and then... Um, Fastos actually attacked the deviant rather than letting the deviant kill uh, Icarus beating up Icarus. Oh, okay. Um, (laughs) Athena was asking Fastos why, and it's because uh, Fastos didn't want the deviant to get it. And it's because she's looking at the deviant, she's looking at the deviant when she says that, that it makes it look like she's addressing the deviant with that question. To which I, if I would have saw that in the movie theater, I would have been like, the fuck are you talking about, lady? <laughs> you know, keep your eye on the prize, but definitely talk to your surroundings. Yeah, right. Um, all right, well, that that's it. Like, we, we talked about mostly everything that I had in my notes. Big things. You got anything else before we talk about the end credit scenes? Um... A lot of what I wrote is chicken scratch. Oh yeah, same, um, same with me. Quick, oh, quick okay. notes. So the last thing, and I think I partially heard this idea somewhere else, but at uh, at the end, after they had turned Tiamat to stone, um, Cersei said that uh, Tiamat joined their Unimind. And someone uh, suggested that maybe he did that um, completely consciously. Like, he purposefully joined so that they could freeze him and prevent him from emerge. Like, he made that decision. 
Yeah, like also. this. Yeah, because it, it, like it's a possibility. Yeah, because that makes sense too. Because if the Celestials feed off the mindset of humanity, especially what humanity has gone on through recently, like I could see him having a change of heart the same way Ajax did. Because Ajax was attached to the Celestials with that orb, uh-huh. and Cersei kind of felt at the same time when she got the orb that like especially the celestial on this planet, like there's definitely some caring for humanity that goes on before you emerge or not before you emerge, but like for at least for this planet, like they're, they definitely care about the inhabitants of that planet. So I mean, that does kind of make sense that maybe Tiamat did help them like freeze himself. I like that theory though. That's a good theory. If, if that is in fact the case, it would hopefully make Arishem's judgment a little less severe. Yeah, I was going to talk about that because before we he, got to the end credits. Them. Because how is a fucking Celestial showing up on Earth not an Avengers-level threat? Not enough to get them, like, at least a little bit interested. I'm not talking about Tiamat showing up out of the water, like... That could be anything, especially what the Avengers have gone through. That could be literally anything. But how is Arisham showing up with his big fucking face right in the middle of London? Not an instant, like, eh, can we get the Avengers down here real quick just to, like, figure out what's going on? You gotta ask the question, though. Did the Avengers even have time to mobilize? Tiamat was only there for, like, 30 seconds. Yeah, but even then, like, oh, I, I better have a scene for the next Avengers movie that's like, okay, so there was a Celestial downtown, like, <laughs> there's this big glowing face. Like, you gotta think, any aliens that show up on this planet, granted, probably a normal at this point, but, like, any giant aliens that show up have to be, like, big red flags. They're like, all right, can we get some, like, papers here, show who you're working with? Yeah. I must say, though, the, the grandiosity of Tiamat, or not Tiamat, Arishem, I, I kind of regret the fact that I didn't see this in IMAX, because I've heard a lot of reviews saying that seeing Tiamat, or I keep saying yeah, Tiamat, Arishem. seeing Arishem yeah. on the IMAX screen, especially in that scene, it was jaw-dropping. Yeah, I gotta imagine just how big he is, like, and how deep his voice is, and how... Like, the sound design behind them probably is amazing to see on an IMAX screen. Uh, I do want to I, I say one last thing about Arishem, too. Speaking of Avengers-level threat, how is Thanos, a known deviant eternal, going rogue and trying to stop all the Celestials? Not a big old red flag for Arishem that's like, maybe I should have my Eternals, you know, stop this man from ruining my plan of making all these Celestials. Like, maybe he did know deep down that humanity could, like, restore the balance back to, like, what he needed without having to evolve the Eternals at all. But, man, after that snap went off and everybody went missing, I'd been like, uh, send the Eternals to go help. I I just thought of something. What's up? If Thanos was going to snap, why didn't he snap away the Celestials? <laughs> well, okay, that that brings the question, what are the Infinity Stones? Are they Celestial energy? Can the Celestial outpower the stones? Like the want and the will of the stones? So, I don't know. At, at the beginning, when you got the Star Wars scroll text, they... It started with, before the six singularities, are we led to believe that the six singularities 
are the Infinity Stones? And if that is the case, then that means the Celestials came before the uh, yeah. Infinity Stones. I, I, I got a book. I imagine they are. Also, I read um, another fact, since we're talking about Celestials, that uh, there's a theory going around that uh, I actually saw it this morning when I was thinking about it. It's that weird thing when you think about something and then TikTok brings up a video like about oh God, the thing yeah, that you're thinking exactly. about and you're like, okay, that's weird. But uh, Ego the Living Planet is called a Celestial in um, in Guardians of the Galaxy 2 and he doesn't look yeah. anything like Tiamat, um, Erisham, any of the Celestials that we see. And people are like, well, is he still a Celestial? Is this just bad writing and bad design on like... I heard Marvel's it was part. a failed emergence. Um, I I read that he is part of a being called I can't remember what I didn't write it down in my notes and I'm kind of kicking myself for it, but he's like a being that was a, a like made around the same time as the Celestials that are like the direct enemies of the Celestials because he has similar powers to them and we might find out that he was actually lying to Quill and that he's part of this race and not a Celestial, but that's just like. That that was just a theory that I saw on TikTok. Okay. So the other theory that I saw related to Ego was Ego is what inspired Erishim to make the Deviants because possibly the Deviants completely destroyed any intelligent life. Uh, or not, I'm sorry, uh, possibly all of the existing Predators destroyed any intelligent life on Ego's planet so there wasn't enough intelligent life for ego to develop properly, and so it was a failed emergence. So he oh. didn't develop to a full celestial. That that was a, a theory that I saw. So yeah. there were no deviants, but the existing predators. Yeah, and he became one with the planet because yeah, because he's ego, the living planet. So like he is technically part of the planet that he was trying to emerge from. So you know that that actually ties in too. Yeah, I, I can believe that one too. All right. I am uploading GIFs. I've been uh, multitasking. So I've, my brain's been sort of pulled into several directions. Um, oh, is that the one you were talking so about where he one, sidesteps? Yeah, so that's the one where he sidesteps and then Superman sidesteps as well. It's very similar. Similar but different. Yeah. But it's very clear that he took some inspiration. Oh, very, yeah. That's crazy though, especially when you put the suit on him in the end, like end scenes where he has the blue suit on, or like I don't know, it's a gold yeah. suit. I oh, can't yeah. remember what he's re like, but he just looks so much like him. It's crazy. But he doesn't wear a cape, and he makes sure to state that explicitly we, to the kid. Can we play? Uh, can we play an art that uh, uh, John Snow and um, Rob Stark got to greet each other one last time? With like the, the same fact that they were both <laughs> dating someone named Cersei. Yeah. I thought I thought it was also funny that I'm pretty sure I saw this in another like breakdown or fan video that uh they they greet each other the exact same way they say goodbye to each other when Jon Snow goes to the wall, which I thought was pretty good too. Really? That has to be an homage. I'll have to look at that. Yeah, I, I didn't catch that. But I thought, I thought that was pretty good too. Um... Okay, there, there's one last thing that I wanted to talk about, and it's it's a really just a random scene, and it's uh, when they first get on the Domo, um, and the, it's the Twinkie and the Emerald Tablet scene. Oh, God. 
I so I saw that scene twice now, and I granted I watched the first. My first watch was last night at like ten o'clock. So when we get to the domo, it's like it's it by this time it's like midnight, and I'm getting a little tired. But I'm like I'm really invested in the movie, so like I can kind of stay awake. But when I saw that Emerald Twinkie scene, I was like, why does Icarus want Twinkies so bad? I get why he wants the Emerald Tablet. Why the fuck does he want these Twinkies? I I couldn't get over the fact that Icarus just wanted some Twinkies. I think there was, I I I saw an image. Um, hold on. Um, let me see if I can find it. Can you hear me typing? A little bit. No big deal. Nothing I can't take out. Okay, but. I'm not I'm not finding the image. Um, but I. I think I remember seeing Icarus was also in the back of the car. I think maybe when they were driving uh, to go, quote unquote, find um, uh, Ajax after she died. Uh, I think he was eating Twinkies. <laughs> so I, I think it's like his. I think it's his obsession. Yeah, his, his little heart. thing. Yeah, his little thing that ties him to this planet. It's like the the cockroach uh, from Wally. Yeah, never dies. Loves the Twinkie. Uh, all right. Well, we've gotten through. I mean, some other notes that I had was like, obviously, since we find out that um, the Celestials have uploaded all the Eternals' minds from previous planets into um, into like that little mind holder, that there's no doubt mm-hmm. that like the other Celestials or the other Eternals that died in this movie can possibly come back in future movies as like reboots of themselves. So like Icarus oh. could eventually return as like a past mind. Ajax could return. I guess Selma Hayek signed on for two more movies and people are like kind of rolling with that theory for right now that like her past mind could be uploaded. If Icarus did come back, uh, it wouldn't be the Icarus we knew. Oh yeah. No, no, nobody of the reset would have their memories. It's kind of like when they try to take Thena back to, um, the domo to like reset her mind they said you won't be the same yeah. person that's kind of what they're gonna do because obviously all the eternals die every time a planet blows up unless they find out about it like because no. the planet's supposed to when they the planet when said, yeah the celestial emerges they said that they're doomed to die there was a line there that said that the eternals don't die because they have a connection to the celestial when it emerges. So during the emergence, there's a connection that ties them together. So they survive. Oh, um, cause otherwise how, how would you get the eternals back to download their memories and then oh, that's reset fair. them? Yeah. Reset they have them. To survive. Yeah. Okay. I, okay. Maybe, well, maybe then they can't, yeah. well, yeah. Well, I mean, you just reboot a past, like it's like a backup, I guess, since they're all robots, they can be like backup computers and then you can, and that's how like, there was a, what were you going to say? I was going to really quickly transition to the last thing that I wanted to say that I thought about. Um, I really appreciate the fact that despite the attempted murder, um, all the Eternals still love Sprite. If if we lived together as a family for 7,000 years and you made one stupid decision to <laughs> attempt murder on me, I'd probably forgive you. And it goes back After to 7, that. 7,000 years. You're right. One slip up. It, it also goes back to, like... I mean, I'd want to kill myself, too. Like, uh, Kingo summarizes, like, if we destroy the Celestial, then we prevent planets from uh, also creating life, and we prevent planets from being born. 
And then they say, and then like on the other half, you've got the other half that's like, well, if we don't kill the celestial, everybody on this planet's gonna die, and that's also wrong. So like, whoever chooses a side, like you can't really there be mad is at no them. Right decision. Yeah, there is no, there is no win. There is no right decision. So like, yeah, after Sprite does that, it's like, well, I can't be too mad at her. She had her beliefs and she stuck with it. Also, I kind of love the fact that they used the celestial energy to just make her human. Like you're human now. Good luck. I that was a very clever way to handle her aging up. Yeah, as an actress. Yeah, because she's definitely coming back. I I put that in my notes that I think like the characters that we see in like other Marvel movies are it, like obviously you have your base Eternals that are on the Domo and the ones that are kidnapped by um, Eshram, but then like I think um, Kingo and Sprite are gonna be the ones that show up in other Marvel movies as like the help or like. As like little side characters, Kingo has to show up in Thor: Love and Thunder, right? After referencing that he that Thor used to follow him around as a kid, it doesn't take his calls anymore. Oh, yeah, that's that's a perfect that's a perfect setup for Love and Thunder, especially with how Taika Waititi directs and how crazy he gets with it, and like fourth wall breaking he gets. Oh my god, that that'll be great! Like great like character. Thor getting another phone call while he's like rolling around with the Guardians. Uh, like a big intercom system and it's Kingo just trying to get a hold of him be like hey man I just wanted to see if you were willing to do this movie with me <laughs> like oh god this guy again he's trying to call me wait what service do you have I'm not getting any bar <laughs> that's a great that's a great line in the middle of the Amazon I do I do it's like the fact good. they all don't really steal the show like they all play off each other very well for all being like like I expect Chris Hemsworth, Chris Evans, Robert Downey Jr. I expect those three to play off each other after years and years and years and years and years of working together. By the time we roll around to like Infinity War, Civil War, I expect them to all play off each other very well and have a chemistry. But like these guys had a chemistry from their first movie, and that's very impressive. It really honestly is. Like that that scene in particular where um Obviously, we hadn't uh, met uh, Festus and um, uh, what was her name, uh, Makari, uh, yeah. at this point. Uh, but just them sitting in that chapel or whatever, and then Druid going at it with um, uh, 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 what's his name? That's the you hard know. part. And then <laughs> the hard part about this movie is that there's so the, many characters. It's like ah. And the fact that they're so unique names, uh, yeah. but then also the fact that uh, Gilgamesh was sleeping and Athena is like, "Hey, wake up!" Um, I really like perfect liked... amount of screen time for their chemistry. Yeah, and I also uh, discovered that um, there wasn't supposed to be a love interest between Druig and Makari, but they said that those two actors um, had like such good chemistry with each other that um, they just rolled with it. They were like, "Let's let's make something more out of this." And I thought that was really nice, too, because those two do have a really strong chemistry when they're together. Just, like, the kind of playful flirting, oh, yeah. but also, like, friendship. Is this what? Because, no, no, I hate yeah. that. Yeah, I hate it's that. When, no. when it was revealed. <laughs> no, I don't I like this scene. at all. Um, what else about... Oh, yeah, I like the fact that Druig is a play on Druid, and the it's an Irish actor. Oh, yeah, they all have... I mean, I'll tell you, they these characters are just D&D characters. You've got your monk, you've got your warrior, you've got your um, your druid, you've got your healer, you've got your mage, you've got your tech. It's like, this is just one big old D&D &D campaign. 
And they did it so well. They did it so well. So well. I'm but, so glad you feel the same way about yeah, this movie. Because, yeah, I, I, I mean, like okay, it. Okay, I'm placing it probably on a higher tier than you would. Yeah. But the fact that you you like this movie makes me feel happy. Yeah. No, I get it. Because I feel I, like everybody who didn't like it is just lazy. <laughs> I feel like I feel like we have to not butt heads for one movie that we review because I feel like with the next one that we have planned that me and you are gonna butt heads pretty well with uh, yeah probably because I like it <laughs> I know you do and I hate it so it's gonna be great I guess we can get to the end scenes I talked about all my notes other than um uh, like we brought up with the family thing but I really like that part where uh like they're all arguing about like which side to take and when Makari shows up with the location of uh. What was the, what's the one eternal or what's the one, um, celestial, the Tiamin, when she shows up with the location, she's like, Oh, I know where he's at. And they tell her to get out and Icarus tries to blast her and, uh, and Kingo just takes that hit, even though he sided, even though he sided with, um, what's his name? He still, he still sided with no one. Well, he sided with no one, but he also said that he technically like believes in Icarus's plan. He still didn't want like. It's like you don't fight family. Yeah, and I thought that line was great. So the the three sides were betray Arishem, fully support Arishem, or be neutral but technically in support of Arishem. <sighs> All right, let's wrap this up. Wait, hold on. Oh, there's one last thing that I wanted to talk about. Um, and it's really brief, but I just wanted to say that the art direction, the art style of this film was amazing. Um, like the the golden lines of the magic like when um uh sprite was creating these illusions um or when they're creating the uh the unimind uh those golden lines <laughs> you mean brainstorm on, uh, I, I just <laughs> okay yeah yeah on brainstorm but then all of thena's weapons and the the transitions between earth and then when um both Ajax and Cersei go to talk to Tiam at the transition to that. It was exceptionally done with such beautiful art. So I uh, love this. This uh, is a very beautiful film. Yeah, I'm gonna butcher this, but um, I'm looking at the poster right now, and I want to say you learned this from Shang Chi and the Ten Rings. But uh, the in Shang Chi. He channels gold energy. No, he channels red energy, which is supposed to be magic, like Doctor Strange uses. And then I want to say in um in the end of that movie, he it transforms into gold energy, which means he he like channeled celestial energy at that point. And I want to say like that's why like everything is like gold plated with them because they're all using celestial energy. And that's why you get those gold lines and why okay. Doctor Strange, when he uses magic, he gets, like, the red lines. That makes sense. I yeah. Guess. Yeah. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. And they, they say that, that like, Shang-Chi is going to, like, l- line up with the Eternals here. But, um, all right. Do we get it? Do you got any more? I'm, I'm completely out of notes now. No, that's it. Okay. We can get to the end scenes. All right. The end scene, we got Eros showing up with... What is that little gnome thing? Pit? Or something like that? I can't remember what his name is. He's, and funny f- fun fact about Pat Oswalt is if you haven't watched Boba Fett yet... He was yet, in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Pat, Pat and Oswalt. <laughs> um, you know, he, did you ever watch Parks and Rec? Oh my god, 
I know exactly what you're talking yes, about. Yes, I he, saw that scene. He, yes. he, his, they took the exact same monologue he did in Parks and Rec and made it the opening intro to Boba Fett, and I thought that was the best thing ever. But I got a question. Didn't they pull that from the book? So both scenes were pulled from the book? Uh, possibly. I don't know. I just I, I, uh, I did see that um, he was a credited writer on that episode. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, so, but but yeah. Okay, so I'm looking for his character name. There it is. Pip the Troll. That's what it was. And it is for sure him? Yeah, that's Pat Oswalt. It's He's credited. But he's also a, an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. character, right? Yeah. Listen, it's, it's with the multiverse and everything, and don't spoil Spider-Man, I haven't seen it yet, if you've gone and seen it already. I uh, haven't seen it either. Okay, thank God, we both haven't seen it. Thank you, Lord. I was really worried that something was I, getting I've spoiled. I've only seen Eternals uh, and Hawkeye. Okay. So, as far as I am. Shang-Chi uh, is pretty good. I think you'd like that one. Oh, oh, I have seen that too. Okay. Um, But uh, that end scene, though, like Harry Styles looked good. For being a singer who I don't know. I mean, I know he's in Dunkirk, but like just seeing him in the outfit, I was like, yeah, I could buy that. I could easily buy this. Like, I'm totally fine with this. Like, normally, like when I see like singers like taking on these big roles, I'm kind of like, like Ed Sheeran in Game of Thrones. Yeah, like, like, but that didn't bother me as much as it did a lot of like a lot of fans. But like, I thought when I heard Harry Styles was in this and I was kind of like dreading seeing the scene. And then when I saw it, I was like, it don't look that bad. I, 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 I didn't know he was going to be in it. I was kind of thrown off second time watching it. I was, I was a bit more okay with it. Um, cause it, Grant, I don't know this character, um, yeah. beside what I've done in research after the film watching. Um, but no, I think he's definitely going to suit the role. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially he did like look good I, in the suit. I want to say, I want to say, like Star Fox is like a cocky character too, and he definitely gave off that cocky vibe. Even though he was telling him not to brag about him, he still gave off that vibe of like, yeah, I am a big deal. Do you remember um, when they first opened up the the film? Um, there was a scene where they were sitting waiting for the order from Arishem, and they were all wearing this um, like a bluish gray outfit everybody wearing the same one before they went up yeah. against the wall and got yeah. on their new the suit start uh there's a there's a picture of harry styles wearing that same one with also all of them so i think there's might have been possible scenes that they were going to film where they showed harry oh, styles they um, said they said that there Eternals. was going to be they wanted like six more actors as the eternals like they wanted to add six more people to that family, but they just said that like the time for each character wouldn't be enough, and you you wouldn't get like the big okay. the deep dive into them. So I'm sure they probably did do that, and then like they were like, "All right, we'll we'll fit them in later." Well, that makes sense then, because yeah, ten was definitely a lot, but they handled that ten with such finesse. And we already talked about like the Thanos theory and all that, so like we don't need to go back into that. But I am excited to see like how he reacts because this is now the second like hero brother that we have that has a villain brother out there that like did a really bad thing like thor reacting to like loki he's like he's my brother he's like he just killed hero what does he say hero yeah oh yeah but but he what is uh what does he say in avengers one i want to say it's like he just killed like 38 people 
He's adopted. He's adopted. <laughs> like I'm ready. I'm ready for for them to be like, well, Thanos just uh, obliterated half the population, and Harry Styles being there, like, uh, uh, well, he's not really my brother. It's it's like a term of that we use. Yeah. <laughs> um. The last it's scene. A figure, a, a figure of speech. Yeah. The last. The last scene. Um. I had to do a little bit more research, and I still didn't do enough because I don't know who the Black Knight is. But that's Kit Harrington's character that's revealed at the end of that. But uh, do you know who the voice is that tells them, are you sure you want to do that? Are you sure you're ready for that? I've heard that it's it's Blade, it's but Blade. I don't know anything about that character. Yeah, it's Blade. He's the vampire hunter. And then I want to say is like people uh, on the internet are speculating that this is going to tie in with um, Moon Knight coming out and the Blade movie coming out. It's going to be like Marvel's like supernatural type deal. Which to me is a little okay. bit confusing because Marvel has a lot going on this phase, like a lot. You've got the magic from WandaVision, you've got the magic from Shang-Chi, you've got the spiritual from Shang-Chi, you've got the space stuff from Guardians and Thor, <laughs> you've got um, the space stuff from Eternals, and then you've got the time travels from Loki. <laughs> And you've got the multiverse from Spider-Man. And it's just like, it's so oh much. There's so much going on. Like, who? what is happening with, like, it's all, they're just going for it. They're just taking these big shots. Because now they're like, they got the supernatural, like. How much is going on yeah. you said it. Yeah, they got the supernatural stuff now with, uh, with Moon Knight and, um, with Moon Knight, Blade, and Black Knight now. It's just, it's going to be crazy. It's going to be absolutely, like mind-blowing what they're gonna do here and i'm sure even in my head it feels like so much that it's all gonna tie together and be just fine but i'm still like kind of like a little bit skeptical just because it is so much and i'm i don't know i'm used to my avengers being on earth and i don't even know if earth is gonna play a part in it anymore because it's like what how can i even think about earth when there's like millions of other planets out there the weapon that the Black Knight uses, that's the Ebony Blade, right? Yeah, that's the uh, that's the real Ebony Blade because Athena says she has the Athena says she has the other one that King Arthur gave her, but he, you know, but actually Black Knight is the holder of the true Ebony Blade. Wait, the they considered uh, Excalibur an Ebony Blade because uh, Sprite asked Athena if that was, or excuse me, asked Athena, uh, drop the A. Uh, if she was <laughs> holding the ebony blade, but it was actually Excalibur. She oh, I thought I thought she said I thought she was confirming that like I thought the ebony blade was Excalibur. That's my bad. Yeah, so he has the ebony blade. She has Excalibur. Because then, yeah, doesn't the Sprite say okay. like Arthur was always sweet on you? Yeah, she, uh, he had a crush on Thena. Yeah. Okay, that makes a lot I mean, more sense. Because I was like, what? So they gave Thena a fake sword, and <laughs> she just. <laughs> Kit Harrington's got this. I'm just excited, like, now to see what his character is going to be like. Is he going to be like this giant Black Knight? Because, like, in the comics, he's just the Black Knight. But, like, what? He can't dress this man up in a full suit of armor with a sword marching against these space beings. He's going to look ridiculous. No. You got to have him standing out in the middle of a field with nothing but a, a floppy sword while swords are running to, or horses are running at him. Oh my god. It's got to be muddy field too. Got to Oh god. No no armor. We we could go on and on and on and on and on about that that scene. I, I uh Allie just recently watched it and I did, I did a whole Lord of the Rings breakdown on that scene. <laughs> I was like, you see here. I mean that 
just after the battle of helm's deep that that uh is a, a good that's up there with one of the yeah. greatest battles filmed yeah i i literally was telling her i was like you see here like genuine fear in his eyes that's because you see how there's like seven horses coming at him there's way more than seven but you see like the all these horses in this front line she's like yeah she's like these three and i even pointed out the three horses that were real i said these three right here they're real so they're really charging at him and she's like wait so they had real horses on the set i was like oh boy did they you know that uh, i think did we talk about lord of the rings on this at we, one point we did at one point but i think that footage got a little messed up so i was gonna see if we could redo it okay i think we only talked about the first movie right yeah <laughs> I, I probably jumped around but i wanted to talk about horses on film sets because in the third film uh i've we've really gone off the rails here but um, <laughs> but in the third film uh when you know they they ride up to the the black gate to talk to the mouth of sauron before aragorn beheads the nasty thing um and concludes negotiations uh, they were they they filmed that on a new zealand uh army um bomb range and there were a lot of landmines that uh they tried to cordon off an area i think i know where the story the army had removed they they tried to remove a lot of the landmines, but there was probably still some. So there was like a tape line. They're like, on this side, there's a lot of landmines. On this side, there's less landmines. There's less landmines. Um, but anyway, they 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 galloped on the horses way past that line into all the landmine zone. But turns out it was actually the right amount of distance for the CGI Black Gate. Oh really? Yeah. So it was. It was terrible, but also lucky. Yeah, right? Like, you lucked into the shot, but also, like, everyone... They could have been way worse. You could have died. Could have died. You could have killed off Ian McKellen. Oh, God. Uh, Viggo Mortensen, John Reese davies and Orlando Bloom. Could you imagine that Ian McKellen terrible. dying because of a landmine? Like, we would still be talking about that t today. Like, we would never not talk about... Like, it would be an annual thing where we talk about... Yeah, Ian McKellen rode off into it and just got blown up by a landmine. You want me to break your heart? What? Viggo Mortensen is older now than Ian McKellen was in those films. Oh, man. I, I saw that. I saw that out there. It's crazy how long ago those films came out. Yeah. How well they still hold up, though. That's practical effects for you. We could yeah. do a whole episode on practical versus so CGI. This Rings of Power show. Yeah. We'll do. We'll, we'll, we'll pick a Lord of the Rings movie again and we'll break it down. I would be fine with doing any okay. one of them. I know we couldn't do an hour-long episode on just one, so we would probably have to do all three, like, back-to-back-to-back. -to -back -to -back. But I'm totally down with talking after our next movie, because I'm super excited to talk about our next movie. Okay, I want to break down what you just told me right there. Um, you said that you know we can't talk about one for just an hour and we'd have probably have to talk about all three yeah well no um, what, I, what i mean is we'll do like episodes three four and five will be <laughs> will be lord of the rings one two and three if you wanted to or we could just pick one. Oh, okay i thought yeah. you were saying we had to talk about all three films all at once <laughs> like in one episode because i couldn't talk about one of those for just one hour <laughs> I gotta, like I, gotta, I could only talk about one for 20 minutes yeah i gotta hold you but i gotta like, hold you spent two hours talking about a two and a half hour film there's four <laughs> hours of each of those films Ugh. 
Yes, we, could we talk about those for decades. We, that's the problem. I was like, these episodes are gonna that 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 one's gonna be one where we just go on and on. We like gush about certain scenes forever. So that's like a little bit of a danger one where we're gonna have like an eight hour long podcast. Honestly, but, that would be a great podcast. Oh my gosh, I couldn't imagine editing that, putting that out, and being like, "Listen to us gush about Lord of the Rings for eight hours." Better yet, yeah, don't edit it. Just put it out. Don't edit it. Just, here you go, everybody. Here's my Lord of the Rings word vomit. Oh god. This was supposed to be an Eternals podcast, right? All right, let's wrap it up here. This has been a podcast about Eternals. Uh, next week, me and Sean are going to talk about. We've been hinting at it. Uh, Star Wars 3, what is that one? Revenge of the Sith? The Rise of the Sith? Yes. Return of the Sith? Revenge. Revenge, Revenge of, the, of Sith. the Sith. Revenge of the Sith.